Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for just a short time, about 13 minutes or so. But doing that keeps us in God's Word and helps keep us focused on a relationship with God, helps us to develop a more positive and spiritual mindset and outlook to be able to better to be able to better deal with what the day throws at us but you know being in god's word is also crucial to the strengthening and maintaining strength in our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of god romans 10 and verse 17 help people in your life by sharing these short studies with them you know people probably some within your own family who need to change the direction of their life. They need to start thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God. They need to grow in their faith. Share these studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, and probably other technological means. But make that commitment. Start sharing with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, literally with everybody you can. What a great blessing for somebody to get into God's Word because you help share these studies with them every day, and then they turn their life around and get to heaven. Now, that will be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We're going to get back into our study and our line of thought talking about seven sins that will keep you out of heaven. Well, we focused on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, as the basic text of our study. And there the Apostle Paul writes to the church. So he's writing this to Christians in the city of Corinth. Corinth was a wicked city. I think we can understand hands down at that particular time, almost 2,000 years ago. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, we already looked at one group of those sins that Paul talked about that will keep a person out of heaven, and that is uh, sacred sins. And he focused specifically upon idolatry or the worship of idols. So we spent some time looking at that and see how, seeing how that is condemned in Scripture. When we start bowing down to and praying to or praying through or worshiping through an, a statue or an image of some kind, that's idolatry. That's worshiping either to or through idols. And there are many Christians, who people who call themselves Christians in our country today and around the world, who do exactly that. They believe that they are worshiping God, but they are bowing down before and praying to and praying through and worshiping through a number of different images or carvings or statues of dead people from way back, and they're praying to them or praying through them, that's idolatry. And that is in direct violation of the beginning of the Ten Commandments, when God said, you shall have no other gods before me, and then clarifying, you shall not make any carved image of anything from the heavens above, from the earth beneath, or in the waters under the earth. 
Well, when you start bowing down before and praying to and praying through and worshiping to and are worshiping and worshiping through statues of people who are dead already, that's, that's in direct violation to that commandment. Well, idolatry. We noted that the Hindu religion is ripe with idolatry. They have, they worship many gods, lowercase g, and they believe humans are reincarnated animal, animals, and we, we talked about that. And there are 200 million sacred cows in the nation of India alone. And where Hinduism is law, then it is against the law to kill rats, mice, cows, and other animals because they're considered sacred. Because again, the idea of reincarnation, those may become relatives or maybe relatives have already been there and they have, dig you know, they have digressed down to these animals. It, it's very strange religion. And, but there are, at this time, over a billion, with a B, adherents or followers of, of Hinduism. Now, we talked about, in our culture and in much of the Western world, there are all kinds of other idols that we could call modern-day idols, and they're not necessarily statues and images, but they're things that really have gotten our allegiance and pulled us away from God, or at least put God into second or third or fourth place in our lives. And in our country, we, we have idols such as sex, silver and gold, our stomach, our pleasure, whatever might pleasure us, possessions, things we can own, positions in life or in society, football, well, we shouldn't limit that to football, just sports in general that, that take our attention away and our commitment to God away from God. And here we are, we're just all focused on that. Facebook, social media, and family. Yeah, family. If we, if we put family before God, family can become an idol. You know, and, and many things can fall into John's description of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that are the three avenues of sin that he lists in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16 as ways of this world. And then he goes on and says, but this world is passing away. Well, a second group of sins that Paul brings out in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 are sexual sins. Few places in this country or around the world were more are more sexually lax and more sexually uh, uh, maybe we could say prolific even than the city of Corinth was almost 2,000 years ago. In a permissive society where it took much to get noticed, Corinth stood out like a red light district on a dark night. It was common. Now, a big reason for the sexual promiscuity that was so common within Corinth was because it was a city that was steeped in the worship of idols. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 lists three sexual sins. And these are not going to be happily accepted by a whole lot of people as I go through them. But 
take that up with God because it's his word. Fornication, the Greek word porneia, and that's a general word for any sexual intercourse, or maybe we just say, should say any sexual sin, not between a husband and wife. Now, it certainly would include intercourse, but basically any sexual sin, I think, would fall under that broad umbrella of fornication, or as it's as it is translated very frequently, sexual immorality in various places in the New Testament. When both fornication and adultery are used in the same verse, fornication usually refers to premarital sex and adultery to extramarital sex. Now understand, fornication is the broad umbrella of all kinds of sexual immorality. Adultery is one specific form of fornication or sexual immorality that falls under that broad umbrella. And again, adultery is sexual immorality committed on the part of a married person with someone who is not to whom he is not married. So in other words, they're cheating on their spouse. Fornication or sexual immorality, that broad umbrella is talking about all kinds of sexual sins. Under the law of Moses, Sex obligated a man to marry the woman or pay her father. Interesting. Exodus chapter 22, verses 16 and 17. Fornication or sexual immorality makes a person spiritually unclean. Unclean. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I want us to read... Verses 19 and 20. So Matthew 15, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, or sexual immorality, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Interesting. So people, they, they talk about premarital sex. They talk about living together outside of marriage as though you're married and even to the point of raising children, that's sexual immorality. That's fornication. That's condemned in the scriptures. And people who do such, they don't realize how handicapping that lifestyle is to their children. They're actually bringing up their children to think that that's normal. And so their children are far more likely than children raised in a nuclear home with mama and daddy married to each other and raising their their children in the bonds of matrimony. Those children growing up in a home where mama and daddy are not married are far more likely to repeat those, that same sinful mistake in their own lives. They grow up confused, not knowing really what it is to look for a husband or a wife, what it is to be a, a good father and mother committed to your marriage partner, your spouse, because they haven't seen that in their life. And so they are, they are conditioned to make those same mistakes, and ultimately that continues to break down the sanctity of the home and ultimately the virtue and strength of our culture. Fornication makes one spiritually unclean, then Jesus says. Early loss of virginity, fornication, sexual immorality, correlates with loose morals in marriage. 
and ultimately opens the door to adultery after people do get married. Of women who fir- who, whose first sexual relationship is after age 21, only 16% cheat on their married spouse later. The Journal of Marriage and Family reported that couples who live together before marriage are less satisfied when they marry and more likely to split up during rocky times. And that's from Focus in the Family, November 1986. Think about that. Again, why would a couple living together as though they're married, but not being married, raising children together, why don't they get married? Well, they'll say, well, we don't have to have a marriage certificate to be dedicated to each other, committed to each other. Yes, what you're really saying is you're not really fully committed to each other because that marriage certificate is a symbol of commitment and you're not willing to embrace that symbol. Well, we'll talk about the other two specific sexual sins that Paul lists in that listing in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to recognize sin as being sin and stop trying to cover it up or sugarcoat it or just smooth it over or explain it away. Help people to realize sin will keep them out of heaven and help us to be the shining examples of righteousness and godliness, not to our glory, but to your glory, Father, and also to be the right example of Christianity to people all around us to help them see how they can be forgiven and saved through Jesus Christ. We pray this, Father. And Father, we pray also, please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.